what I'm going to do is um, there are um, a lot of voices making noise around the nation. But then there are voices that can be heard in the midst of the noise that are catalysts of change. Voices that have been with the Lord and have an ability to be able to bring you into the space where God has already shown them in the future. Anniversary, I have a rule every year before we be, became all nations. I only want people here that can hear from the Lord. Now, I know that sounds strange because you think every preacher can. But you can Google a sermon. You can copycat somebody on YouTube. But it's something when someone has been processed and they carry the direct word from the Lord. And I believe that the Lord has sent a prophetic man into this house today to minister God's word to us as a corporate people and as individuals. And I believe what God is about to do in this one experience will be felt for the rest of this year. And not only that, it will be felt for the next five years of this church. I want every prophet and intercessor to have their ears wide open because the Lord has something to say. I want everybody standing and I want you to welcome to this stage, Pastor YPJ as he comes to minister the word of the Lord. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand praise all over the building. Well, y'all have shouted and sweated. You might be a little musty, but hug somebody and tell them you're glad to see them. Hug somebody, hug somebody, tell them you're glad they're here. Can I get a little more in the monitors? If you have, if you can do that, if you could turn me up in the monitor, I appreciate it. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you. I'm very, very, very happy to be here with you in San Bernardino. This is my first time in San Bernardino, so I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Um, I thought Pastor Clack had the livest Anwa. But don't tell him I said it. No, tell him I said it. Tell him I said it. No, wow, man. It is, it is, it is phenomenal what the Lord is doing. Aren't you guys glad that the Dumas family leads this church? Over there, y'all ain't too happy. I said, aren't y'all glad you got Apostle Sherman Dumas and Lady Dumas lead? There you go. God bless the both of you. I officially met them today, but I've been hearing about them forever from various leaders across the country. Pastor Brandon Clack speaks so highly of them. Pastor Kevin Duhart, uh, Pastor Adrian Davis, they all just, you the man. I mean, you really are, so it's a blessing. Yeah. And then his wife, who I just met briefly, um, she came in. And I was laughing. He didn't know I was laughing. She came in. She's like, hey, how's everybody doing? Listen, this happened, this happened, and this happened, but we'll talk about it later. And they were speaking a language, but they don't know. I know pastor talk. 
I was like, yeah, there's some trouble going on in paradise. They just, she's smiling, yeah, we gonna kill somebody at the churches over today. He like, yeah. I'm like, I know that language, I kill people too. But wow, what an exciting environment. What a wonderful group of people. You guys look nice, too. It's a nice-looking church. The fellas look good. Ladies look good. It's going to be a lot of marriages happening in here. I see some of y'all shout. Won't they do it again? Because <laughs> I didn't get it right the first time. Won't they do it? After he just got done, he's a prophetic man of God. I'm up here messing around. God is good. Congratulations on nine years of ministry. Yeah. Thank you. And then, of course, this one-year celebration. Celebrate um, the apostle for submitting to be a part of a movement. We appreciate the life and the ministry of Apostle Matthew Stevenson. Yeah, y'all can celebrate the man of God even in his absence. I appreciate him. I have still never met him. We always miss each other. Always. We never, and then uh, during World Changes this year, I was out of town. So I wasn't able to go. But you can still feel whatever he said Friday is still in the atmosphere. And so we celebrate him. But again, I'm so grateful to be here. Would you guys thank God for my brother who travels with me, Brother Joe Davis, all the way to South Bend, Indiana. He has, I have two brothers, and he's not my biological brother, but he grew up with all of us, and he just, I've been knowing him since I was four. And, uh, you know, a lot of people come and go. But when you can find someone that sticks it out, and then God finally gave him somebody to love him. Thank you, Jesus. He's getting married this year. He picked the last one, but the Lord gave him this one. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. Woo. Last time he came to the office, my dad was still the pastor. He said, yeah, Bishop, I don't think I'm going to marry this girl. My dad was like, oh, Jesus. And then Jesus was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, me. And so that didn't work out, but um, won't he do it again? That's my brother, man. All right, enough fooling around. Musicians, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise team, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Man, my light-skinned praise singer over there, that brother. He don't care what none of y'all doing. He is like, I'm, go I'm going for my... I said, get it, Doc. Man. So good. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, man. God is good. All right, would you turn to the book of Philippians, chapter number two, and verse number 20. Appreciate Brother Isaiah for taking care of us. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I didn't know who was picking us up. I'm like, which one? Amen. Philippians, chapter two, <laughs> verse 20. Amen. Is Anthony Davis here? The comedian, where's he at? Hey, man, you know me and you, we've been friends on social media. That guy, what's wrong with him? Y'all think I'm funny. Jesus. I know his wife is like, he's really not that funny. You know, the person you married to be like, okay, enough. But, man, you bring a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. I appreciate you, man. I really do. I really do. I really do. Amen. 
All right, Philippians chapter number two and verse number 20. The good thing is I don't, I don't preach long, so that's why I'm stalling. <laughs> Philippians chapter number two and verse number 20. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, if that's okay. Um, it says, this is Paul says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. Verse 21, all others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Verse 22, but you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has served with me in preaching the good news. Now, it's going to be weird, but let's go backwards. Look at verse number 16. Verse 16 says, hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run this race in vain and that my work was not useless. Verse 17, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Huh? Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice. And I will share your joy. Father, I really appreciate you allowing me to travel from South Bend, Indiana to be with this amazing group of worshipers and their awesome leaders. I'm asking God that you would do what you do very best. Speak through me and allow these words to be spoken with clarity and briefly precisely so that they are advantageous and beneficial to the listener. We give you glory. We give you honor. I bind the hand of the enemy because he always wants to stop interactions of this nature. But the atmosphere is set. And so we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Would you just look at one person, be as kind as you can, say it's not in vain. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Thank you. It's not in vain. This may seem like a strange delivery of a sermon because I have been sent by God to not really preach to y'all. I'm only really here to preach to the apostle. But if you read the scripture, most of the scripture is not written directly to you. So you're basically eavesdropping on conversations that Paul was having with Timothy and Paul was having with various individuals. And so you're going to eavesdrop today on a conversation that I'm really having with Apostle Dumas to share with him and to build him and his wife. And then hopefully you'll get something from it. And if you don't pay your tithes, go home and come back next week. and You'll be fine because we got to pay for all this. Y'all shout. We got a new building. Yeah. Um, but it's not in vain. The word narcissism is often used in social media because we live in the like generation. People don't actually care if you actually like them. I just want you to like what they present. And um, it's all fine. I like social media. But narcissism, those who have a self-obsession with, with their own agenda, their own craving, desire, sensuality, is strong. You don't have to be talented in 2019. You just got to be thick. If, you, if you're thick, you can have a million followers. You, you, you don't have to be able to sing well. Actually, if you sing bad, you'll get more attention. Lay me at the throne. Leave me there.
You don't have to say anything profound to be viral. All you have to do is march to the front of the church and say, I'm tired of this church. Viral. And so an observation of what it takes to be known, people mimic that because they are self-absorbed. It's not intentional, but when the culture begins to embrace that mentality, it begins to shave and share and, and become contagious to others. And so in that process, it's very difficult to find people who are genuinely concerned about others because everybody's so concerned about themselves. I mean, it is what it is. And so the whole premise of salvation is a selfless act where one individual who loves so many people gave his life so that others could live. Even in the church now, we're not so much concerned about the Lord speaking, we're concerned about who's speaking. That's why there are people who came Friday. <laughs> but didn't come Sunday. Because they knew who Apostle Stevenson was, but they didn't know who IPJ was. So it's like, I, I'm going to go Friday because... You know, Bishop Jakes is speaking that day. You know, I've never heard of Apostle Dumas. So and so, but when when I grew up in church, and this is I'm old school, the old saints never called the name of the preacher. That next generation were the ones preach Dumas, preach Newhart, preach Clack, preach Stevenson. The old saints would say, "Speak, Lord." Because they weren't concerned about the personality. Or the presenter, they wanted the presence. See, now we've got the presentation down, but we missed the. And that's the reason why God can trust Apostle Dumas and this congregation to shout in a beautiful edifice because they shouted in a cafeteria. Because they cared more about the presence than the presentation and the Lord says because you love my presence I will give you excellence in presentation mm. because it's a selfless act to lead God's people but in a society where we are selfish hey we can't even call wrong wrong anymore because when a person is a sexual predator as long as they can make hits I don't have to hold you accountable for your predatory spirit. Just make me dance. I don't care that you're a predator. I like that you're a producer. Y'all quiet in this church. Because it isn't about the victims. It's about the pleasure of self. I, I know you're wicked, but I need you to make music that I like. Look at all the R. Kelly fans that got nervous up in here. It doesn't matter that you took advantage of a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old. I don't care about the 12-year-old. I care about 12 play. But no grown man should play with a 12. But we're self-absorbed. You need to pray for him. I can pray for him, but the action still requires consequence. Not condemnation. Oh, come on, saints. I didn't write the rules. Whatsoever a man soweth. But a consumption with self 
makes us so fascinated, wait for it, with self. We live our lives criticizing haters that don't exist. Facebook posts, you know, this one goes out to all my haters. You have three followers. One is your mama. So if you do have haters, they didn't see it. Self-consumption. Y'all ready for it? And, and so when it comes to worship, even worship has lost its essence in many churches. Because we're not focused on pleasing the creator. We're trying to get the right angle with the filter while we shout. Who takes a video of themselves shouting? The nature of society, self-consumption, caught up in self, take a selfie. So if this is the case, is it, is it strange then that people don't trust the church? If the self-consumed, narcissistic, egotistical attitude has entered the place where we're all supposed to be representing the same thing. Why are people so distrustful? Ah, I'm saying. Because many leaders now have become so consumed with their own selfish gratification that the beautiful women that join the church no longer look like souls for the kingdom. They look like sexy concubines. Which is why some of you are here. Because you had to get away. And God had to send you to an apostle who knew how to deliver. It's quiet, it's fine. I know what I see. Because at the last church, you were the reciprocity for his ministry distribution. What? After he got done preaching, you knew where you were supposed to be. It's not everybody. I got to speak to what I see. And so you're here now like, why am I here? Because the Lord sent you to a place where you can be delivered, be valued, and then set you up to be loved properly. That's, that's challenging, right? Because uh, uh, Solomon, y'all love him. He's so wise. He himself became self-consumed. If you study him, you find out that he had over 600 wives, 700 concubines, right? And people say, why would he do that? Because he was a conqueror. He was a conqueror. And in his conquering, he would go and conquer di different kingdoms and cities. And every time he would do that, he would take a wife from that region. And then not only did he bring her, he brought the God of that wife. Pay attention. This is a man of God. A man of God who is effective but he has a problem. This is a man of God whose father was effective, but he had a problem. <laughs> 
Because David did not address his sexual cravings. I'm going, I am going somewhere. David's sexual craving started when he connected with a woman because of a position. He marries, I'm going back to Solomon in a minute. He marries Michael because of the position and the prominence. Saul says, you kill this giant, you get my daughter. That's not a good reason to connect, but it was that time frame. They get married, and now he finds out later that they're not really compatible because he's a worshiper and she's carnal. So when he brings the glory back home, he doesn't go to her house first. The reason why David didn't go home first is because that's where he planned on stopping. So he said, let me let everybody else get theirs because when I get home, she's going to get all the glory. Y'all missed it. So now all the glory is supposed to be held up and is stored up for her. But when she sees him praising God, notice what she says. The king is acting unruly and behaving foolishly, not in front of the people. She said in front of the handmaidens. She was insecure. And in her insecurity, she didn't see worship. She saw a man that was being celebrated by other women. But David, watch this, wasn't paying attention to the women in that moment. He was focused on the glory of the Lord, but nobody reads the whole text. Because the scripture says that David looked at her and said, I wasn't dancing in front of them. I was dancing to the Lord. Then everybody starts shouting, but they didn't pay attention to what David said next. He says, but if that's what you thought, I shall get my honor from the handmaids. What does that mean? He said, I'm finna go sleep with all of them. You would say you have no scripture. Oh, but I do. Because the text tells us later that David had children by Bathsheba, which is where he got Solomon. Then it talks about the other wives that he had children by. Then it says, and he had countless children by concubines. David's pullout game was terrible. He was implanting seed everywhere. And this, sir, was a man after God's own heart. Which shows me that in all of his worship, in all of his praise, you can be effective and defective at the same time. So because he didn't deal with it, he passed it on to his son Solomon. Now we got a real issue. Now Solomon looks and says, why am I struggling with what I'm struggling with? Because my leader didn't deal with his issue. Oh, I'm walking tonight. Now, I got an issue that I have all these women. Pay attention. If they belong to the king, that means nobody else can touch them. So now I got 600 women I'm claiming as a wife, which means I could have a different woman every day and still not get to all of them. Pay attention. But they can't touch anybody but me. So what I want is all of my women under the same roof, but they can't be with nobody but me. Pay attention. I'm going to open up, this is a man of God, their sexual craving and desire for me, but I will only visit them every once in a while. So now I have a woman who desires affection because I taught her that. She desires intimacy because I taught her that. And now I don't want to touch her, but she's in a room with a bunch of other women who have the same desire. So now the women are lonely and they still want... And in the process of isolation and loneliness, they find comfort. So it's a man of God who introduced sexual chaos. All because of his own personal gratification. 
all of this passed on, moved on. The kingdom of God continually suffering all kinds of frustration to whereas now the prophets, when they begin to speak, they say, gosh, Israel is so perverted, so contaminated. Where did it come from? It started with a worshiper. A worshiper who didn't realize that what he was doing was bigger than him. David didn't know this is bigger than me. But why didn't David know it was bigger than him? He was a man after God's own heart because his daddy didn't want him. Oh, I'm going somewhere, ladies and gentlemen. When Jesse says, I got some sons, Samuel says, where are they at? He says, bring me my seven sons. Problem is, he's got an eighth. It doesn't go get him. And we all celebrate the fact that David was a shepherd, right? But a shepherd's job was a man's job. But he was a boy. His father, there was a long story about it. If you read it in the tumult and you investigate it, there was a big mess behind David's birth. His father didn't want him. And because he didn't want him, he gave him a dangerous job. Why? Because he figured he'd lose his life doing it. So now we have a rejected person. Watch this whose father doesn't want him and his brothers don't approve of him because when Samuel says, do you have another son? He says, I got another one, but he's just a little ruddy boy. He can't be the king. Pay attention. They go get him. They anoint him. He's the king. Then Samuel says, this will be the king of Israel. Samuel leaves. Jesse says, go back to the sheep. I saw the oil of God flow, but I will not receive you as my king. Go back. Pay attention now. We're going somewhere. We're almost done. He goes back. When he comes back to his father, his father says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go take this food to your brothers. And I want you to check on their well-being. Now he's supposed to be the king. His father should be saying, how can I serve you? Let me explain to you why he's a man after God's own heart. And this is all going somewhere. Because David, though he was rejected and despised, submitted to his father and served his brothers. The same people that did not want him. He submitted to his father and served his brothers. I have to stop right here for a moment and tell you why I'm going this way. Apostle Dumas, as I was praying for him, I saw in him that same anointing that David had in this light. I'm going go, to get off and go back. But the Lord showed me that your apostle, even when he was hurt by leadership, he submitted to his father's. And he served his brothers. The reason why this is a big deal, because some of the brothers he was serving were actually against him. I don't know the man. I met him today. But through his process of development in ministry, he was the one they overlooked. Never met him. Met him today. The Lord said there were others that were the ones they thought would be the great preachers, but nobody's talking about them anymore. Mm. There were others that were the ones that were more fashionable and more flashy. And he kind of just was in the back submitting to the fathers serving the brothers and the Lord says they knew you were anointed but they couldn't accept it stay with it so now we have this David he's a worshiper he's broken things get passed on things are going forward there's all kind of craziness because of self-consumption separate Dumas from this part all this is going on <laughs> that, that, that's totally different so, so we see this contamination. I got y'all now. I got y'all now. He's, this contamination that keeps getting passed on from generation to generation to generation where we have dynamic worshipers who have not dealt with things that they have going on in the inside of them and it's passing on. 
pay attention. This is why worship is not enough. What do you mean by that? Worship is enough. Well, your definition of worship is not enough. Because worship is not this. Worship is not hallelujah. It's not that. You can stare at the lights. Hallelujah. None of that. But in simplicity, worship is just yes. Total submission to God in every way. So it comes out in this because the Bible says, lift your hands, all you people. So you say yes. Comes out in this because I submit unto God and give him my, my gifts, my abilities, on and on and so forth. So now we have the issue where people are going through the action but don't understand the necessity of the submission. And when we do that, God says, if you submit completely, then you'll begin to see transition. We go through all these phases and we finally get to a guy named Paul. This Paul, who was an apostle who's been called to teach us about the grace of God in a way that is so dynamic that he knew one day it would be controversial even amongst believers. So now the apostle Paul is talking to this church. He's having a conversation with them and he says, listen to me, when Christ returns, this is so powerful, when Christ returns, he says, I will be considered successful in my race if you all are serving him. And you all are giving him glory. See, we've seen a David worshiper, a worshiper who loved God but didn't understand the necessity of taking care of the people. Because in one position, David now, he numbers the people in his own arrogance and people die because of his selfish ambition. We see Solomon who has selfish ambition and there are those that suffer because he does not understand the necessity of doing that which is right before God. But they're still considered men of God who worship but then a different kind of leader raises up in Paul. Why is Paul different? He he says that the success, pay attention to this, of my race is predicated on if you make it. You run a race for yourself. But the apostle Paul says, no, I'm running this race so you'll win. <laughs> then he says, y'all read it, even if it means I must give up my life. God said, Jonathan, go to San Bernardino. I said, say what, Lord? He said, tell my son, I saw when he obeyed me and gave up his life. Whoa, wait a minute. When he went to his wife and said, the Lord said, we got to go to San Bernardino and start a church. And the Lord said, he's going to do this and do that and hadn't done none of it. Y'all wasn't here. Wasn't no lights, wasn't no speakers, wasn't nobody shout, wasn't no anwa. It was a man who said, I trust you enough, Lord, to go. And this is what I sense. I don't know why I feel it. To a place that isn't the prosperous place. Shama. And he said, the reason why Obasa, I'm sending him there is because I will bring prosperity there. Y'all stay with me for a minute. The Apostle Paul said, I am running this race. And when Christ comes back, when he sees y'all, then I will know my work is not in vain. Listen to what he says next, though. And this is all going to tie together because it sounds like I'm just mixing everything into a knot. But then when he speaks about Timothy, it's the strangest thing. Because God shows me that in Apostle Dumas is the same nature of David in this life. I ain't talking about the perv David. I'm talking about the submitted David. <laughs> His wife was like, yeah, uh-huh. 
he submitted to his fathers, and if I'm wrong, come grab this mic from me. When he was overlooked, and he served his brothers when he was not accepted. Then the Lord says he's like the apostle Paul in that he's running a race not even for himself. But then God spoke to me and said, and he's like Timothy. I said, why? Because Paul read it. Y'all saw it. It reads, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All others care only for themselves. Paul said all others, meaning that he had other sons, but he saw the selfishness in them. He said, I can't send them to y'all because they will look at the congregation and see the thickness. And then repeat what David and Solomon did on the other side. He said, I see something different in Timothy, though. Timothy genuinely cares about you. Do you understand why the Lord is about to do something magnificent in this city? It's because God has given you an apostle and a first lady that genuinely care about you. And I know a lot of y'all didn't catch it when the man of God was prophesying, trying to get you to shout because you've lost your flavor and you've lost your fire when it comes to praising God. You assume that it is a ritualistic routine that we do for physical exercise. But what you don't understand is when the prophetic utterance from a selected vessel speaks over you and says that God's going to move in your 2019, shout right now. You like, I didn't tried that before. You tried it with the wrong Negro. Now you got the right apostle. And when he says it, something's going to break it. I wish I had a church. Yeah, you tried it with Deacon Jones up the street. But when the man of God says, I feel wealth coming, you better reach up and grab it. You better check the atmosphere. A lot of y'all too deep. You need to. Hey. All right. I got five minutes. <laughs> so what the enemy wants to do in the midst of all of this is make him believe. Hey, man, this is in vain. And then make you believe that being a part of it is in vain. But Paul says, no, 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 no. I will pour myself out like liquid if need be to ensure that you have what you need. So here now is the opportunity for me to explain to you why it's not in vain. I know y'all ready for me to go home and I'm jet lagged, so I'm ready to go home too. But you've got to catch this. There must be definition to what is happening here. And I'm only here to confirm. So the Lord says to me as I'm looking, I told Brother Joe this morning, I said, man, he has not given me the fullness of my, my prophetic word for the house. I said, but he'll give it to me when I get up there. And so I'm standing here and now I see it. Why it's not in vain. But I feel bad for you, sir. Because you're about to have good problems. Parking is about to be a problem. Seating is about to be a problem. This is really crazy, and I know I heard this, Apostle Dumas. Even the banks you deal with is about to be a problem. Hey, y'all not ready for this next part. Because during the season of being overlooked, Reshe came outside. God, in his infinite wisdom, is smiling at you the entire time. Because even in the process of this Anwa development, many people don't know, and I'm thankful that I didn't miss God because you confirmed it, that you're like the first son. Yeah. 
And it ain't no shot at the other guys. It's just that you never stepped up and said, everybody, look at me. You learn how to submit. So while others were being celebrated, pay attention, who don't even know the process, he sat back and said, now, Lord, here we go again. I've always been the one that took the back road. And the Lord said, and I've been sitting with you in the back the whole time. And I've been saying, son, wait for it. Wait for it. Uh -huh. They getting, uh, everybody's celebrating them right now. Just wait for it. You and your wife have been holding on. Just wait for it. I'm about to drop something in your lap that's going to shake more than just the movement. It's going to shake the whole wide world. And God, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord says that this is the house. Now, 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 it's quiet. Now, y'all understand. Now, this is a mature church. I'm not criticizing nobody else's church. It's all one movement. What I'm saying to you is, as I saw it, the Lord said, tell them it's not in vain. As I was praying for the man of God, I said, wow, you know, God said, no, 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 no. He's been talked about bad. He said, no, no, bad. I mean, lied on he knows what it means to be lied on he knows what it means to be silent in pain his wife who has wanted to fight for him has had to hold back and stare at people and smile and say uh-huh uh -huh. and she wanted to cuss them out y'all don't want to talk but I know what I feel because you're not going to attack what I love and think I'm about to be like buddy buddy but the Lord said, I matured the two of you to be able to handle the criticism. I got to say it, Joe, because we're seeing leaders who we thought were strong enough to handle the platform. And as soon as they got on the platform, social media tore them apart. We're seeing leaders who we thought were so mighty in revival. But when they took on the mantle of pastor, they couldn't handle it. But the Lord said, I fixed you up on the backside of the mountain. And I let people dog you out. And I let them think that you weren't that big of a deal. And I let them think that you were the least of all. But I said, I'm getting ready to shine on you in 2019. And you didn't ask for it. You didn't beg for it. You just kept worshiping. You just kept crying out. You kept serving. Y'all better get ready because you're sitting up under a man of God and a woman of God that are about to not only change this city. It's not in vain. Shamakata, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, worship the Lord. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. I have not ever seen, this is what Paul says, one who is as genuine as Timothy. I don't feel <laughs> he said he's so genuine that I'm sending him to you do you understand that this man is a transplant that the Lord says the whole time others are not approving I'm smiling the whole time they're looking at the oldest son saying gotta be him because he's tall God is not even in the house he's on the back side of the mountain looking saying just wait till they come get you He's, he's singing, the Lord is my shepherd. Just wait till they come get you. Just wait. I even hear the Lord saying that people misunderstand your personality. They misjudge you and they think sometimes, I don't know why I hear this, sometimes they think you're mean. Not at all. Guarded. Guarded, guarded, guarded. Just measuring. 
Because you don't like the buddy-buddy. You don't like the lobby-lobby. You don't like the conference talk. Yeah, doc. Yeah, doc. Uh-huh, doc. Yeah, doc. We'll get together, doc. You don't like that. So then you and your wife find yourselves kind of pulling back. Let's just do our own thing, baby. Let's just go here. And the Lord says, in this season, I'm going to give you real friends. You got brothers. And if I'm wrong, y'all can snatch this mic. But real friendship is coming to you. Apostle Dumas, I, I, I saw this very clear. The wealth that the Lord is releasing to the two of you, you don't have to apologize for it. Because you lacked for ministry. This is, and you all better get ready for it. Because it's going to come in waves where money is just going to start coming like never before. Wait for it. I even saw the Lord say to me in moments where y'all went into y'all's account and just start pulling and taking. Are you ready? But you can't apologize for what you're about to receive. You can't. You don't have to. It's so major.